The Entrepreneur Adventure, giving entrepreneurs the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. All right, so I'm fired up today to talk about what we're going to talk about. We have a weekly leadership lunch that we do out in the community, one of our companies, just to make a difference. Our goal is to empower people to pursue excellence. Three specific areas, their finances, their relationships, and their leadership potential. Again, it's a way we give back, and we're like an hour or two removed from it. We just had my coach, my business partner, the serial CFO, Mr. Chad Brown, start off our year for that event called 12-2 with a killer speech. It was awesome. There was enthusiasm. It was standing room only. Legit. People standing in the back for a lunch. It was awesome. And you absolutely killed it, man. You Thank you, it. man. Thank you. I've been excited about this uh, for the last week. Uh, you know, you really pushed me to another level. You challenged me. Hey, we're starting off the year, new location. I need you to bring it. And I, I love that challenge aspect. And I got really excited about the material. You helped figure out a title for it. We worked together on it. And I, I prepared more for today than I have in a while for, for one of my entrepreneur or business talks. And I loved every second. I, the, the, my energy, my my passion behind sharing what I've learned, sharing the information, helping other people understand their money and how to make their money work for them. It was, uh, I love it. I wish I could do this every day. Super pumped, super awesome to, to have the opportunity to, to speak to everybody and have such a an audience that, that craved and wanted that information and wanted to go back and apply it in their day-to-day lives. So two things. Number one is that I just feel like our audience should know that you and I have this almost sibling-like rivalry, competition, push. <laughs> it's just, it's intense, y'all, to who could give the best leadership talk, who can give the most inspirational, moving, I'm up in front of people and they're going to leave I say forever change, but at least for the 45 minutes. So they're changing for the next 45 minutes. We're in this ongoing competition. We're polling our team members about, who, well, you know, one out of four, who, the last four speeches, which how many of mine are in it. We're doing that all the time. So I, just, I feel like people should know that. I agree. I agree. There's definitely a rivalry here. And you and I haven't talked about this until now. I assume after you just listened to my speech, you're probably retired now, like, I don't know how you. I haven't given. I up. don't know how you beat what just took place. There's no resignation. I hope you guys don't hear any resignation in my voice. I'm not resigning. I'm up to the challenge. Number one. Number two is I want you guys to check out Chad's live videos. Go to Serial CFO. He'll give some live videos coming up <laughs> real soon. Super inspirational, and uh, and you guys are gonna love it. That's number one. <laughs> number two. You are one of the guys I love to hear talk. And again, we've been business partners now for a long time. But every time you you speak in a setting like that, I learn something both new about you and I learn something that stretches me, which I love because, I've, again, I've been this kind of avid student of personal development and all those areas I mentioned before for about 20 years now. And I've listened to all these great guys and all these podcasts, written all the, read all these books, all these things. But every time you talk, I get something good at it, which is why we wanted you to kick off our year with this particular talk, which we called Mastering Your Money Mindset. Now, a guy who has the label and the moniker of serial CFO, we're gonna expect that you have a solid money mindset. But even that being said, it's elevated, man. People are, you could look around the room today and you see people like inspired, like they're just, one person walked out and said, I, I wanna start another business. Like, you know, and, and they're legit. I mean, this isn't just a passing fleeting emotion. Like, seeds were planted that will reap a harvest that will help change these people's lives. And more importantly, for the specific subject, it's going to help them elevate 
what their mindset is about money. And you see this all day long. You, you can see the emotion that plays into it and just how people oftentimes, they don't have a great perspective on their money. So let's talk about it. I mean, let's dive into your talk, Mastering Your Money Mindset. You gave us five points today that we wanted to focus on. The first was on managing your money. Now, what you do professionally, you're, you know, you're, you're helping people do their taxes, you're advising them on their business, you're a, again, serial CFO, you're a CFO to a lot of people. I and mean, again, the one certain person said this today and in introducing you as the speaker said, this chat has become our family's CFO. We have a family-based business. He helps us ma- you know, make our financial decisions. You see people's mentality and how much their emotions may play in that. And people just don't naturally manage their money very well or with much logic. T- tell us about that. What have you seen on the managing your money side of things where you said this is the number one thing you got to do to, to alter your money mindset? Absolutely. The, the, the first step in mastering your, your money mindset is definitely learn how to manage your money. Um, I, I brought it up uh, during lunch. If you can't manage $100, there's no way you're going to be able to manage a million dollars or $10 million. So if you're spending everything you make, those habits aren't going to stop. So unless you get around managing your money, no matter how much you make, you're always going to be broke. And that's everything you see right now. The percentage of people that live paycheck to paycheck is at an all-time high in our country. And those are people that make twenty-five grand a year and people that make two hundred and twenty-five grand a year. They're still broke. They're waiting on the next paycheck, and it's insane. And a lot of it is just wrapped up in people spend too much. And the first piece of that managing your money that I like to talk about and that I see so much that needs correcting is really just overspending. The concept is really simple. Spend less than you make. Spend less, invest more. If you make $100, go spend 50. Pay your living expenses, buy something, do whatever you want. Save 20, invest 30. Because if you're not saving money for investment, you can't engage in the other things. You can't let your money work for you. You can't buy businesses. You can't start businesses. You can't put money into real estate. You can't be in the stock market. You've got to have money to invest. And the only way you have that money, no matter how much you're making, is to spend less and save money for investing. Really simple concept, but it blows my mind the amount of people that make a tremendous amount of money and spend every dollar every single time. And that is the way, that's the mindset you've got to change first and foremost uh, when it comes to uh, managing your money. That, that's a big key component. The second place behind managing your money is probably the, the most expensive place for business owners, and that's getting some discipline and removing emotional decision-making. All right, so talk about that for a second, because you just said there's people making 25000 who are overspending, and there's people who are making 225000 who are overspending. The problem's not intellectual. This isn't an IQ issue. This is something different. What is it that is causing people to spend, to overspend or to not watch where their money's going? I think it's different uh, for different people. Number one, sometimes it's a internal spouse issue. People do not like telling their family no. I think... People will let their families, uh, whether it's sons, daughters, husbands, wives, spend too much money. They know they make money. They don't talk about finances. They're not communicating. I think families just spend money. People have wants. Um, I think one thing that's really boosted a large amount of spending is social media. I think a lot of social media, uh, I think a lot of the websites and things around 
houses and construction, Pinterest, house.com, Instagram. People aren't putting $150,000 houses with bathrooms on house.com. You're looking at $3 million bathrooms all day. So you want a newer bathroom. You want a bigger house. You want a pool. You want a big cabana out back. A lot of our entertainment is for the first time ever wrapped around large, expensive things and people want it and they don't realize the price tag behind it. So I see a lot of people buying more house than they need, spending more money, having a $15,000 stove in their kitchen, but they don't even cook. There's just, there's lots of spending that's fulfilling entertainment needs for people. I also think people have a huge desire to be successful and they don't really know how to do it. It's not intentional. Let me ask you that question. To be successful or to look successful? That's what I was getting at. People have a huge desire to be successful, but they confuse it with looking successful. They want to drive the nice car. They want to, they own their own business now, so they feel like they got to be a certain standard of what they wear and drive and live in. They're more concerned and they get confused around looking successful, and they think that revolves around how expensive things they have, their watch, their car, uh, all those things, uh, they place importance on truly being successful. And the way you be successful is you have money to invest and you continue to grow and you have freedom and less stress because you're financially sound. Um, I, those are all the things. And there's a lot of keeping up with the Joneses. There's a lot of, uh, you know, friendships where much like you and I compete on a speaker leadership level and have a rivalry there. Other people do that with money and with material items, and uh, they get a heck of a lot more expensive. And you told about a, a rule that you've set up for yourself that you follow that removes the emotion out of making purchases. Sure. What are the What are the steps that you do? Tell me about the one thing you mentioned in our in the the speech. But you said you have this rule that you won't spend up to a certain amount without taking time. A- absolutely, I think we are all emotional. And if you're managing yourself, whether it's your personal finance or you're the decision maker in your business, you've got to set up the same rules and systems and accountability that you do for a team of 100 people or employees. I am as subject to making bad decisions as anybody, so I have to build systems and rules around myself because I don't have a boss. I don't have anybody else doing that. So for me, I have a 24-hour $500 rule. If I'm going to spend more than $500 in my personal life or my business, or sign up for something that's going to cost me long-term over 500 I have to think about it for 24 hours. I put it on the clock. I write down a time, and I say tomorrow at this time, at 3 o'clock tomorrow, if I still think this $700 purchase is a good idea, I'll do it. And you know what? I'm a pretty black-and-white guy. I'm pretty unemotional. I make a lot of good decisions. When I put that in place... 50% of the time, I didn't spend it. Now, I know the the question people have in their mind right now as you're saying that is like, but Chad, what about if I don't have 24 hours? What if the the sale or the deal ends tonight? What do I do? You shouldn't freaking do it. A good man will go broke on a good deal. Good man will go broke on a good deal. Don't fall for it. It's a good deal for a reason. They want you to buy it right now because you're not going to want it tomorrow. That's the perfect example of the 24-hour rule. Like, it's not a good deal. It's good marketing. That's what it it is. is. I love it. Now, one other thing you said If you just got to spend money, by the way, let me me say this. If you just need to spend money, call me. I'll help you. I got several businesses. I will sell you something today. So... If you feel the urge to spend a lot of money, I can help you there. Yeah, I could save you 100 bucks, man. Instead of wasting 500, just give me 400. You can save 100. Call it quits. That's right. right. It's a good deal for everybody involved. (laughs) 
the second point was to make more money, but you, you, you kind of made a point in between these that man, I really liked. You just mentioned all the time we spend on social media looking at things that we most likely can't afford, and we feel like, just subconsciously probably, that our friends can't afford it. Sure. Like we think just because they're showing it to us on social media, like that, oh man, they could afford it and they probably paid cash for it. Like we don't think about what they may have mortgaged to get it, or even if they're, you know, not even our friend. We're following somebody we don't even know lives across the country that's got a great kitchen. And we're like, oh man, I gotta have that kitchen. You mentioned that we spend all the time doing that, but we don't spend time doing one thing in regards to money. When it's like one of the most important things. Zig Ziglar says, like, money's not the most important thing, but it's kinda like oxygen. You gotta have it to survive, right? You, you said we don't educate ourselves on money, that we never spend time with that. Nobody does. Nobody educates themselves on money. I'm in the field of finance and money and taxes, so it's my job to educate myself. But outside of somebody in my field, nobody puts any time or education behind money, which is shocking because 75% of your whole life revolves around money. You have a business to make money. Your personal household is ran off money. I don't care what anybody says. You know how you make a difference in this world? With money. You can donate. You can do things. You can hire people. You can lead people. You can make people successful. You can you can put it behind causes and add fuel to the fire. Money drives everything that we do. Money is also probably the most stressful thing in anybody's life, but nobody spends education behind it. Nobody, like I mentioned my my examples in, during the talk, there's guys in this room that'll spend an hour watching a video how to rub two sticks together to make a fire. Uh, my wife will spend an hour on blow drying her hair every morning. Nobody's spending an hour a day learning about money or educating themselves. In the business world, how many business, I meet business owners that are highly successful every day they don't know what revenue term means. They don't know cost of goods sold. They don't understand profit margin. They don't know their profit per customer. They don't understand assets or liabilities. It's not that hard. Google it. Listen to a podcast. Watch a YouTube. Buy a book. We're not educating ourselves, not only as individuals, as households that run off money, on businesses that fail and survive off money. 90% of your business owners don't know anything. And they just, there's some taboo or some uncomfortableness around talking about money or learning about money. And it's got to change. You'll be so much more successful and have so much peace with your life and money if you understand the terminology and education behind it. And it's really it's really not hard. The great thing about numbers and math, this is why I love it, it's black and white. There is no guesswork. There is no uh, gray areas. It's black and white. You learn from historical numbers. You map out future numbers. You look at numbers today, numbers don't lie. They are what they are, and that's awesome. Uh, I think that's what I love so much about numbers and math and taxes and finance. You you saying that and telling those stories makes me think of of two things. One is a quote I heard by this guy named Doug Weed. He said, empty plates don't feed hungry people. Oh, that's great. Oh, man, that's so awesome. He's saying, hey, you're protesting all that stuff's great, but, man, if you want to feed hungry people, you got to make some cash. you got to make some Money. The second thing is people forget about this. My, my background is in Bible and theology and the story of the Good Samaritan. Everybody knows the Good Samaritan. What they don't know about the Good Samaritan or don't remember is that he had money. Number one, he was on a business trip. Number two, he cared for this guy on the side of the road, took him to an inn and said, hey, here's a bunch of money. I'll give you more when I come back. Take care of this dude. So he was able to help this dude because he had some money. So going to the second thing about making 
more money. A lot of people are like, well, Chad, I, you know, my job, I get paid a salary. I don't know how to make more money. We can all make more money. Whether we have a, we're an employee and we do have a salaried gig or we're self-employed, we can all make more money, right? What are some ways you've encouraged people to make more money? There's more opportunity right now to make money than ever before. There's access to information, free information. We got a strong economy. There's a huge labor shortage. There's so much opportunity for anybody to make money. You have a job, you're working 40 or 50 hours a week. Everybody has a day off. Everybody has a Saturday or a Sunday or a Monday off, or you have nights or you have early mornings. There is plenty of time if you craft out in your schedule to learn something, to have a side gig and to make money. And the reason I love side gig, and this is kind of speaking your language here, Josh, you, you're such an advocate for having a side gig. You make extra money and you, you're able to write things off. You couldn't write off before, so you save on taxes. You have a side gig, makes you an extra thousand dollars a month. It also saves you an extra four hundred a month in taxes. You've got a fourteen hundred dollar swing in cash flow, and that's fourteen hundred dollars or sixteen thousand dollars a year more you can invest in things to make that even exponentially more for you and your family. But some things that come to mind that just jump to mind: web design. You can spend one Saturday watching videos and reading things online. One Saturday, and you can build a website. It's if you watch it, if you educate yourself in one 10 or 12 hour sitting, you can build websites for small businesses and companies. You spend one day learning it, I guarantee you, you can pick up two clients over the next week or two if you work at it, you'll make an extra thousand dollars a month. Same thing, graphic design. You might not be able to draw a lick on paper, but you can learn how to do it on a computer. You can do logos, you can do graphic design, you can make money on the side. Now the people that do this for a living at a large level, Next level, it takes talent, it takes skill, it takes years to learn, just like an artist. You can learn to paint 10,000 hours. Anybody can learn to paint. But you could start painting tomorrow and be able to make a little money at it. So these things I, I'm telling you on an elementary basic level, you can start and you can make money. Great example right now, painting. I use this in our talk. Huge demand for construction right now. Huge demand for painters. Anybody can paint. Spend a day watching YouTube videos and reading things on how to paint inside of a house. Go spend $80, buy some brushes, buy a three-foot ladder, go paint three rooms in your house the next day. You'll learn everything you need to know. I guarantee you, you can get a job for four grand next weekend to paint somebody's house. You can make four grand next month by spending one day learning how to paint and one day paint your own house. It is not that hard. The side gigs are there, the opportunities there. You can do it. It can be pressure washing, it can be painting, it can be cutting grass, it can be doing something online through a computer, it can be reselling stuff on eBay or Craigslist. You know, for me, I love buying and selling stuff. I love older vehicles. That's where it started for me on a side gig is I'd buy an older vehicle I wanted, I wanted to experience, I wanted to learn how to drive it and work on it and I'd fix it up and hire some people to help me fix it up and I'd sell it for two times what I had in it. And it just, those side gigs, if you're passionate about one of two things, number one, what you're doing, then it's not like work. You'll love spending a Saturday doing it. Number two, if you're just passionate about making money and being successful at a higher level or building extra cash, that's enough to get you out of bed doing something one Saturday a month, making an extra thousand dollars a month. And it, it really is an unlimited amount of ways to make money. I remember oh my God. early on in my career yeah. selling insurance, this guy walks in. And I had to ask everybody what they did for work as part of like the process. I was like, what do you do? And he said, sheet metal. 
That was his answer. So I said, what do you do for work? And he said, sheet metal. I was like, what? And he said, sheet metal. It's like, I don't understand. He said, I go pick up sheet metal from mechanics because they need to get rid of it. This is spare stuff. And I take it and I recycle it and I get paid to recycle it. He's like, I make $100,000 a year recycling sheet metal. Wow. He charged the mechanics to take it off and the place he took it to, he could charge to, to, to give it to them. So it's just crazy. There's just an unlimited, I was like, wow, America, you really can, man, free enterprise. You can think of a billion different ways to make money. That's so cool. So the third thing that you mentioned, Chad, so mastering your money mindset. Number one, manage your money. Number two, make more money. Number three, and this is the thing that won't inspire a lot of people. This isn't the fun one. This is almost to some degree for some of us like, oh, this is like going to the dentist, man. Or when you're a 45 year old man going for your annual checkup, doesn't sound too much fun, but is to set budgets and goals. And why do you think people are so resistant toward this? People are so hesitant. Uh, you hear every day, I'm just not a numbers person. I'm not good at math. I don't like to think about money. You'll never be a millionaire with that mindset. Again, it's easy. It takes three tools to set a budget. You gotta be able to write. Most everybody listening to this podcast can write. You gotta have a pen and you gotta have paper. That's it. It's not hard, it's not complicated, it's not stressful. So many people ignore it because they don't wanna face reality of how much money they do or don't have. They don't want to focus on a way to change it. It's, I just, I truly do not get it because it's so easy to change. Uh, to do a budget or to do a goal, you sit down and you write out each month for 12 months what your expenses are. This is a personal budget or a business budget. You know what that is. You know what you pay for rent every month. You know your utility bill. Look at last month's numbers. They're going to be the same. Write those down every month for 12 months. Unless something's going to change, you change it. Now you come to the top line. Write your revenue, your household income or your business income, what do you want that to be for this year, for 2020? Is it only increase 5% off last year? Is it 10%? Those monthly historical numbers are there. Just take them and add to them. And you take the top number and you subtract the bottom number and that's your profit. It's, that's all there is to it. No complicated formulas, nothing too complex, nothing real sexy. Top number minus the bottom number, that's your profit. Now you look at that profit number for the year, is that where you want to be? Does that get you excited? Is that why you're running this business? If it's not, you need to change some stuff. You need to change it now. Nobody's going to change it for you. No magic's going to happen. You've got to put the work in or the thought into, okay, I'm not making as much as I want. How do I change it? Do I fire somebody? Do I hire somebody? Do I cut out the cable TV? Do I cut out the storage unit I'm renting? Do I sell my building and buy a cheaper one? You're all here on some level to make a profit and maximize a profit so you have extra money to invest and do things with. And that's all there is to budgeting. That's all there is to uh, to planning and projecting for the next year. It, it's simple math. And you mentioned some free tools or, or some expensive tools that could help for just the everyday person, mint.com, to, yeah, to manage free. their free service, to manage their, you know, their, their Tracks household. Tracks and budgets for you. It's automatic. It's it the system easier, to right? your checking account. You don't even have to do anything. Yeah. And as far as reviewing, reviewing what you did last month or last three months to then Thanks. set your budget, that helps out. And all you have to do is educate yourself a little bit on the That's software, right. how to manage your money, and it takes off for you. So, man, I, I love that. And it kind of goes into our fourth thing, too. So the set goals and budgets but then building your roadmap. Now you asked us a question in the talk, which I love this because again, it goes from being, you're, you're all about saying I'm a black and white thinker, but this part's not black and white. It mixes black and white with the rest of the colors here. You said, 
by making X amount of dollars in profit, what would that mean for me? So you're tying in now, what these dollars are, you know, you can stack $100 bills and just look at them, and they probably won't motivate you just to buy themselves, but what will that $100 buy you, or what will that $100,000 buy you? What will your life look like if you have that profit? I love that, because it makes, again, it just brings it back into the emotional thing, and as we mentioned, most of us are winning or losing financially, more so because of our emotional intelligence than our actual sure. IQ, right? So talk about that on the building your roadmap, and also being able to decide and dream a little bit about this is if I can complete this roadmap, if I if I can finish, this is what it means for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I like the the one number. I like fill in the blank with the number. Everybody has in mind what that number is to get what they want. If I made X amount this year, let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars. If I made a hundred thousand dollars, I could do this that would change my life. And and what is that this? For some people, it's something fancy. It's a new car or a new house. For some people, it's on the family side. If I made $100,000, I could send my kids to a better school, which drastically changes the life of our family. If I made $100,000, I could take care of my parents and support my parents. If I made $100,000, I could give to this charity and really make a difference. If I made $100,000 in my side gig, I could quit my job. So you've got to take the number side and match it with what you really want. Because when things get really hard, when you gotta get up at 5.30 in the morning to do something, or you gotta work all weekend, you need to know what you're working for. That $100,000 number is not gonna get you through the hard times, but knowing you get in the house you want, or you changing the dynamic in the direction of your family, those are the things that, again, using your emotion to take your mindset in the right direction. That's being emotionally positive and pursuing what you're trying to do for your goals and your projections. And when it comes to the roadmap, I love this exercise. Um, I, I was at a business conference and uh, this is where I was first introduced to this is, all right, we know where we want to be. Let's use the $100,000 number because that's a, a round easy number. It could be a million, it could be 10 million, it could be 50 grand. To make this $100,000 number this year, what are some ideas that'll make that happen for me? And let's write those down. Let's just brainstorm random stuff. Get a shoppable website. Maybe it's start a company Instagram account. Maybe it's hire a manager. Maybe it's hire another producer. Maybe it's move to a better location. Maybe it's get rid of two employees because I'm not getting the value out of them. Maybe it's do more marketing. Maybe it's start a podcast. Write down 10 or 12 ideas. And this is brainstorming, right? So this oh, isn't like, hey, you're not going to do all nah. these. This is just like, we're being messy. Possibly. We're writing stuff down. We're having fun. It could be, you know, taking a trip to California and going to a business conference. It could be just write down ideas, anything you could think of that would help you achieve this number, this goal. And when you're done, look at them all. You may have 10, you may have 30. Find three. What are the three that are going to have the most impact of you hitting your number? What three things on this list of brainstorming can you circle that will be the most valuable in you hitting that number? And those three, that's your roadmap. That's your mile markers. That's the three things you're going to focus on religiously for this year, for 2020. Now, this is where most people stop. This is where most people screw up. They find their three things and they think about them and they think it's going to magically happen. That's not the way it works. You have to do the work. You have to build the steps. Things don't happen magically. They don't happen without steps. You got to step back and you got to build five steps for each thing. You got three items. 
you got five steps to accomplish each one. So you got 15 steps total. If you do that, if you build those five steps, you will accomplish that. And then you will accomplish the next one. You will accomplish the next one. Not only will you hit your number, you'll exceed your number. I guarantee it every single freaking time. Now, you didn't leave us there either, so right? So you give us, here's the game plan yeah. as Mike Tyson puts it so eloquently that everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Absolutely. So you also gave us something else to think about. Yeah, here's, here's the next piece to it, and this is the most important. This is the punched-in-your-mouth piece. Right now, think of three things that's most likely to happen to keep you from hitting that number. What are the three things that will derail you and keep you from accomplishing this goal? And write them down. It could be your lease is up in July. It could be a personal problem. Maybe you got a drinking problem. Maybe uh, you have some issues uh, in your family life that, that distract you from work. Uh, it could be an employee. Maybe you're losing a key employee in the summer. Maybe two interns are leaving in May because they're going on to different things. Write down the three things that has the most likely place in your business or personal life to derail you from hitting that goal and think about those and ways to avoid them every single day. If you have the three things that will get you there and you know the three things that will stop you and you focus on both of those, you'll achieve what you're going after every single time. That's your roadmap. It maps out your mile markers. It shows you the bumps in the road and the obstacles in the way. and You just follow the map and navigate and drive through this year and come out with success and achieving everything you want to do by the end of it. I know you told me this several weeks ago, but it, it makes me think of something that people have noticed that you've done differently over the last couple months is that you've been extremely active on social media with a plan because you recognize that creating more of a social media influence or social media following could be a way for you, one of your top three things that would lead you to the best 2020 uh, for you. And then listening to the things that derail you, I remember you telling me this, you're like, one of the things I recognize that could hold me back from that would be criticism from friends and family and peers about what I was doing. And you listed that as one of the things that may derail you. And because you are aware that that might be something that when you hit it, because you did hit it, you, sure, you got criticism. That's right. It didn't, you were prepared for it. That's right. Um, I started being really active on social media from a business standpoint in November. And again, I found it a way to be able to share content and to be able to share my experience with a much larger audience. I can educate you one-on-one -on -one and a lot of things around business and tax, but I can make a real difference educating on a large scale. And that's where Instagram comes in. That's where social media comes in. And I got really inspired to do it. I jumped off a cliff. I started going that direction and I identified those three things that would derail me. One of them was friends and family and people in the business community that would be uncomfortable behind what I'm doing and would criticize what I'm doing. Three days in, it started happening. It happened for two weeks, the first two weeks. I heard it 10 times. People thought I was somewhat crazy. People thought I was kind of braggy, kind of showing stuff off. People thought I was trying to uh, give knowledge or sell something. Um, it hit early, a lot faster than I thought, but I was prepared for it. And honestly, it encouraged me more. It made me realize the people that are criticizing, A, are the people I think that need the most help, and B, are the people I don't want to be like. The people that I strive to be like, those are the people that were encouraging me. And it gave me more motivation. And, and it's interesting. I like social media. I, I use social media for entertainment. I've always been a fan of it. Now that I'm using it for business, I love it so much more. 
Like I love getting on there. I love sharing stuff. I, I've changed my following to to business people and and people with inspiration and, and successful people. And I, I not only am I able to share knowledge and, and value and experiences there, I'm picking up so much more too. Like I love getting on social media now, and I spend almost no entertainment time or personal time on there. It, it's amazing how much it's turned from a distraction and something that probably wasn't healthy to such a huge tool in what I do every day. Oh, yeah. You're killing all, it on there, and it's funny. All man. in two months. I mean, this has been two months. Oh, yes. It's crazy how yeah, much it's I changed. Mean, and you, you created a plan. You built your roadmap for that, and you're killing it. And it's funny because I, t- I talked to a guy, either yesterday or the day before, who was like, oh, yeah, Chad went to this conference, got all excited listening to this guy's favorite podcast. You're now he's changing all these things. And I'm telling you, this guy that said this, I like the guy. He's actually a really smart guy. But as he said it, I was like, if I were going to like listen to anybody from the standpoint of like I want to garner wisdom and respect, this guy isn't it. Like you're so just your trajectory and where you're at is so far beyond this guy. I'm like this dude's criticizing somebody who's so far down the road. It's like me saying Tom Brady should really retire. He's out of shape or whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like mm, absolutely. We probably care more about what old Tommy thinks than what you think at this point, Josh. So the <laughs> the fifth thing. So after building your roadmap, I really like what you had to say about this with investing. Because people are going to think serial CFO is only going to talk about investing in, you know, saving money, stocks. But you went further than that. The very first thing you said to invest in wasn't wasn't that. What was it? In yourself. You should invest in yourself. That's where you have the most control. That's where you have by far the most return on investment. Uh, the number one investing tip I can give somebody, the first step is investing in yourself. Put your extra money, put your extra time in yourself. By investing in yourself, you can build the systems, you can build the control, you can build the side gigs, you can build the social media presence, you can build your business. You are the best tool and the best asset you have. Invest in that. And you've got to learn to manage yourself before you can ever manage other people or manage a business or, or have emotional control over investing in stocks or real estate. Investing yourself first and maximize your systems and your controls and taking yourself and using yourself as a tool to make money. After you do that, then invest in people. Again, people are a extremely safe investment. People want to be successful. People want to build teams. People want to make more money. You can lead people. You can train people. You can hold people accountable. So you invest in yourself. Then you invest in people, in businesses, and people around businesses. Then after you've perfected that model, that opens up everything else. That should open up extra income. Then you invest in real estate. You invest in the stock market. You invest in all the other things where you don't have to do any time or work. But you can't just go straight there, in my opinion. I think you need to build the emotional and the knowledge and strength and mindset, and you need to build the skills needed to go on to the next level. And when you get there, then you're invested in four or five places, and you're maximizing uh, your money and your value and your time all over the board, and that's when you make real money. That's when you get rich. That's when you find wealth. That's freedom. That's everything we want, Uh, everything all wrapped up into one package. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. It's fun along the way. You win more than you lose. You do lose some. There's challenges. It's that entrepreneur adventure. It's the adventure part. You keep coming back for more. And I believe from an investing standpoint, that's where everybody should strive to get to. Um, I, uh, in high school, I had a friend of mine's dad tell me, uh, I have no idea why he told me this. Um, I had no intention at the time to be an entrepreneur business owner, but you know, he told me you'll never get rich doing your job. And that really stuck with me. 
And I truly believe that now. If you want to get rich, if you want to have freedom, if you want to have real money, you'll never do it at your job. You've got to get to the point of investing somewhere in your life. And once you start getting to the point of investing, investing yourself, invest in people, invest in business, invest in real estate, invest in the stock market, there are no bad investments over time if you have the skills and the mindset for it. You'll win every single time all over the place if you practice these five principles of managing your money mindset. Absolutely awesome, man. I love it too. And after the talk, somebody was talking about investing in people and they're like, I don't really understand the invest in people part. I was like, man, you invest in people the same way you would invest in the stock market. You're not looking for risky investments. You're looking for things that you no. think, man, this is, I'm going to get a return on this investment. It's not throwing money or throwing books at everybody. You'll find out some people, they're great. Uh, they have value. They have the, the image of God in them, but they're not a great investment for you with your time or with your money. As Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give value to people who can't understand value. You can give a dollar bill to a one-year-old and they don't understand it has value to it. A $1 bill or a $100 bill, it's the same. So invest right. in good people. Chad, man, I love this talk, dude. I'm telling you, it was so inspiring. It was fun for me uh, being one of the founders of, of the group, just watching all these people walk out with an extra pep in their step. And you and you just know it. Like They're not going to apply, every, apply everything you say immediately, but they're going to take little nuggets. There's somebody that's over there starting a second business. Somebody is, you know, they're downloading Mint right now. Somebody's buying their first Dave Ramsey book or Robert Kiyosaki book or whatever it is. So fired up about mastering your money mindset with the serial CFO, Chad Brown. You guys follow Chad on social media. He's super consistent, great content, planned out at least 15 days in advance, he told us in the talk too. Absolutely. Um, just a great person to follow if you want to do a better job of educating yourself, not just on money, but on leadership, on growth, and on living a life that you can be proud of. You guys follow Chad. Chad, thanks so much, man, for taking a few extra minutes of your time to sit down today. I'm excited to have you back on and to hear from your future adventures, what we can learn from those as well. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Entrepreneur Adventure. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please be sure to like and subscribe to The Entrepreneur Adventure wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on the web at www.theentrepreneuradventure.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And remember, The Entrepreneur Adventure does not have to be traveled alone, but is a journey to be shared. We'll catch you next time on Entrepreneur Adventure, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before.